welcome to the poem of the week. As you know, poems are patient-oriented evidence that matters. Each week, our poem is intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes, and he is joined by InfoPoem's senior editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Thank you, Maggie. Hello, Mark. How are you doing today? Great. Trying to stay warm here. It's a frigid uh, 40 degrees in Athens, which I guess for much of the country is balmy, but uh, we're not quite used to that down here. The abstract uh, we're going to talk about today talks about new uh, antidepressants. Um, most of our listeners will know that the, the uh, whole class of antidepressants have been under siege over the past couple of years. Last year came reports of increased rates of suicidality, particularly among young people, following ingestion of uh, SSRIs. More recently, there have been uh, several studies that have questioned uh, the very effectiveness of antidepressants, particularly in teens, but not exclusively. There are several classes of antidepressants, uh, the first-generation uh, antidepressants, and then the second-generation antidepressants. And by second-generation antidepressants, we primarily are talking about the error when those drugs were introduced through the 80s and early 90s, uh, rather than their chemical structure. So kind of, uh, second-generation includes most of uh, the uh, SSRIs. The abstract this week that you're going to help us understand, Mark, comes from the Annals of Internal Medicine, and it asks the clinical question, uh, of the new antidepressants, which one should be used first in patients who have a diagnosis of a major depressive disorder? And what did the authors find? Well, this was a, uh, a very nicely done systematic review, and as you said, they were looking at these second-generation antidepressants that include SSRIs and SNRIs and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. And they looked at five databases uh, and identified 80 head-to-head randomized controlled trials that included over 17,000 patients. And what they found was pretty good evidence supporting uh, the idea that there is equivalence among these second-generation antidepressants when you're looking at their efficacy, uh, their effects on, um, on mood and uh, quality of life and on maintaining a response. Uh, mirtazapine, which is, known as, which is also marketed as Remeron, uh, had a little bit faster onset of action with a better response at two weeks, but that difference disappeared at four weeks, so it's not really clear how important that is. Um, anxiety responds well to any antidepressant, uh, and they didn't find any research that uh, allowed them to conclude that any one antidepressant was better than any other at controlling melancholia or pain or insomnia. Venlafaxine or, or Effexor is more likely to cause nausea, uh, sertraline or Zoloft caused more diarrhea. Uh, trazodone, which is Desiril, caused more sleepiness. And both Remeron and, and Paroxetine or Paxil uh, were associated with more weight gain. So there were some differences, uh, not so much about efficacy, but about adverse effects. Um, our listeners probably also know that uh, Welbutrin or Bupropion is less likely to cause sexual dysfunction, and the researchers confirmed that while Paxil was the worst for this adverse effect. And uh, Paxil and Effexor were also most likely to cause the kind of SSRI withdrawal syndrome that's troublesome but not dangerous, um, and discontinuation due to adverse effects of any kind was more common with Effexor. So um, in terms of, um, in terms of uh, actually uh, choosing a drug, uh, do mm-hmm. they make any recommendations what to start with? Not really. They say, you know, I think you need to look at, uh, 
at the patient and in particular their response to uh, the first drug that you give them because uh, there really isn't any reason to pick one or another because of effectiveness and it's hard to predict adverse effects. Um, you might have a patient where sexual dysfunction might not be a big issue for them, uh, so that you know, or somebody who already is having trouble with somnolence or insomnia, you might choose a different drug. You might avoid uh, one or avoid another. So really, it's focusing on the adverse effects and realizing that in other studies, uh, about half of the patients are not going to respond to the first antidepressant you give them, um, and that about one in four who are switched to a second drug will respond. So, um, you know, I think focusing on the adverse effects and the comorbid uh, psychiatric conditions and choosing a drug that way rather than believing hype that one is much more effective than another is the way to go. The other point, uh, perhaps looking at the, at the other end of the spectrum, is if half of them aren't going to respond to the first antidepressant and if uh, one in four um, will respond to a second, that still leaves a very big population, doesn't it, who won't uh, respond to uh, antidepressants at all. That's right, and that's why we always need to keep in mind cognitive behavioral therapy as, uh, you know, part of our armamentarium, and often, uh, you know, and there are studies showing that the combination of a drug with CBT is more effective than either alone, so uh, we should always keep that in mind. Excellent. A very uh, useful abstract, Mark. Thanks a lot uh, for this, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. All right, talk to you soon. That's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to look at this and other recent poems, please go to www.infopoems.com. Please join us again next week for another medical poem.